Welcome to another Spop Thought Media podcast. We have both Rem and Sam in this one. Um, busy, busy. We've been busy, but Rem, Rem's been Rem's been a lot busier than me. I, I can't can't even lie. I've I've been I've been making excuses for not doing stuff, but now uh, Rem, how many hours of sleep are you getting? Oh, I'm not doing too bad. I try to get five or six a night, but I feel like that's pretty good. You know, a lot of yeah. successful people, I think, operate on five or six hours of sleep a night. I can do more if, if I'm up. Obviously, if I have more time in the day, I can get more stuff done. So, you know, who needs eight hours? Just get the especially once you like get a little older, just get the five or six. You'll be fine. Waking up's going to suck a little bit more, but you'll yeah. be productive. Yeah, that's what uh, retirement is for is to get those extra hours of sleep, you know, catch up. On, on yeah on catch up on your sleep when you're 73 yeah there you go there you go all right we'll hop right into it <clears throat> you know why you're here with sports stuff and of course just this past week uh, i guess yesterday for uh both of us um or i guess monday or the game was tuesday yeah the game was tuesday i don't know yeah that was two days ago um the Bucks are your NBA champions 2021. Um, I think after game four, I think I kind of went, went with the Bucks because even, even in this game, you could see, um, even in this last game, game six, you could see that when the Suns were starting to get on a run, especially near the end of that second quarter where they were starting to put up points, they're starting to get in their flow. Once they put Giannis at the five, that was it. <clears throat> That was it because there is pretty much no one they could exploit, you know, no one who would give uh, Chris Paul too much space to leave him open. I mean, they would try to do double screens and get the right matchup. And Lopez was really only the one kind of giving uh, Chris Paul space. But um, once he was on the bench, I mean, it was Drew, Chris, um, Drew, Chris, uh, PJ, and then you have Giannis. And whoever whoever they had at the whoever they had at the three or four, um, I mean it was uh, usually Connaughton who's will work his butt off. So I mean almost never after once Giannis and then once Giannis was at the five, he could just attack Aiton all the time. So you, I mean you kind of saw that you know the Bucks are always given oh the criticism of oh you're not making adjustments, you're not making adjustments, you're not making adjustments. Well, they finally have. And I mean, they, they've always have been but you kind of have to to make it as far as they have. But especially this whole series, the adjustment of having Giannis as a center and him attacking the Suns slower guys, bigger guys is kind of the reason why he put up 50 and had five blocks. Like he was just he was just on another level this game. Do you think. The biggest adjustment was like Coach Bud putting Giannis in all the right spots to be like the best version of himself, or was it just Giannis like progressively getting better and better every round of the playoffs to where now he's all of a sudden maybe the best player in the league? Because that's what surprised me the most about this series was Giannis not just figuring stuff out, but just continuing the progression that he was making through these playoffs, like the bag of moves he has now around the rim. Uh, the finishing packages he ha has like there were just times throughout the season where I thought maybe Giannis wouldn't necessarily know how to like 
you know, be in and out of a game, when to like get his shots. If the other team's going on a run, he's like, okay, I need to step up and make a play here. I need to put my team on my back and score a few points here. I just thought maybe his pace of the game was a little bit off, but now, but in this finals and stuff, it was absolutely incredible. He was, I think, especially if you look at like games three, four, five, six, the, the different ways he played in all the games where he was like in this game, it's going to be me getting 40, getting 50 in another game. I think maybe it was game four where he was like, okay, I'm maybe not going to score as much, but it's going to be a lot of effort plays rolling to the basket defense. And like you said, a lot of that was happening when he was at the five and coach bud was getting a lot of, um, definitely a lot of flack on like, like the socials and from people in the media saying that he should lose his job. And I don't know if I'm back in on coach bud, but I just, were the adjustments made, were they coach bud or was this just Giannis just ascending into a different level? I mean, I think it was a balance of both um, knowing when to, you know, sub out Lopez, which credit to Lopez. He had a couple floaters in this game. He hasn't been as productive as past years, I think, um, especially the one year where they had Bledsoe and um, they lost Brogdon. Um, they, I mean, they got a lot of quite, I think they got a lot more contributions from Lopez in this offseason, uh, this postseason. I mean, I really haven't seen him shoot that well. He's kind of, the stats are the same, but it just felt like he hasn't been as productive. So I think Bud was, um, I think there, there was some of his, uh, some, some credit obviously has to go to him. Um, he definitely uh, found a way to, you know, change it up, make sure Giannis isn't, you know, super tired. You don't want to play him every minute, but, you know, making sure that he's in there enough. And if he needs to come out, he comes out. You know, they had, I think, a couple earlier games where he had to sit out in the first quarter, you know, it, and the guys going – you know, and everyone, of course, forgets about the knee, but, you know, it's not like he can't be in any pain. Um, but I think Giannis at the same time also figured out how to get around the wall. Um, I think they couldn't in years past. All they had to do was crowd the paint. And the shooters just weren't good enough to hit their shots. And I don't think I don't think necessarily the shooters got better. Um, I think that, like you mentioned, he was put in the right position, but also I think he was better at you know, gauging where the angles were, figuring out, like, when do I run? When do I stop? When do I use this move? Instead of just just running into people, which I think they were able to, especially um, that Raptor series where they went up 2-0 and then lost, I think they figured out, you know, not only how to foul him and make sure he wasn't making sure he wasn't making shots, but also, you know, they were able to get, I'm pretty sure they were able to get a couple charges, you know, because he would just run into people. And I mean, he just, he just went up a level. I feel like this, uh, this postseason, I think some of his shooting, he had a little, his mid range shooting definitely improved. Um, his passing definitely improved. And, um, yeah, definitely. I, I think it was from both sides. I think there was, there was contribution from, um, both. Cause I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, Bud's a championship coach now, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't say he's the best coach, but I think it, I think it was from both sides. The, the point you make about the moves is definitely right for Giannis. I think that was probably the biggest thing he was doing in this playoffs was it just seemed like he always knew what type of shot to take, depending on like how the defense was guarding him. He knew when to put his head down and just pull his way into the basket, draw fouls. He could still do like, 
the finesse Dr. J reverse layup types. He could come in, bounce off a body, you know, like a little fall away, flip shot off the backboard. It seemed like he always knew what shots he needed to take at the right time. I mean, yeah, there were times when even he would take a mid range. I think in game in game six, he pulled up for a really good three that he ended up making like in a really uh, momentum turning part of the game. And threes obviously aren't part, part of Giannis's game, but when you're going to go for 50, you're probably going to take a three. So it's like, can we have him take the threes in the right spots? And I thought he was doing that as well. Um, the, uh, do you, do you think coach bud, is there, is there a chance that coach bud could get fired after winning the NBA finals? I mean, um, I know it's not an original take, but you know, after listening to people who have been watching this league their whole lives, um, I mean, any NBA coaching job is really only five to, you know, six years. So, I mean, he could still get fired. I mean, I don't think he'll get the Rick Carlisle treatment where he's there forever. But no, he definitely won't. There's no way. Yeah, but I definitely do think he's earned himself at least three to five more seasons, especially if they're still competitive. You know, you can't just get rid of the, the coach that brought the first championship in 50 years for your organization. Um, so I definitely think that he's probably earned himself an extension. Um, I mean, you know, the, the trailblazers went to the Western conference finals and got Terry Stotts was there for who knows how many more years after being average. So I definitely think that the bucks will keep him around. I mean, eventually at some point they got to fire him. Um, but I definitely think during Giannis's prime, these next three, four, five years, They'll definitely keep butt around because, I mean, he did it. He did it. I mean, we're sure we're one shoe size away from, you know, uh, KD making that shot. And, you know, people keep bringing it up. But at the end of the day, like, that's that's pretty much and basketball. You know, it's a miss or make league. And, yeah, KD made his shot. He just didn't make it the right way. And that's that's just how the history books are going to write it because it goes to the victors. So, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of sad to see, like, you know, how big, how much their career, people's careers can be changed, you know, from uh, from being someone who'd get fired to someone, you know, people probably put as one of the best coaches in the league. But that's just how this league rolls. And that's how it's going to be seen the next, you know, the next 10 years, next 20 years, anytime someone looks back on this postseason. So are you coming away from the finals more impressed with, uh coach bud or less impressed because i don't know if i feel any different about coach bud than i did i think he had a great a great series from what could potentially end up being an all-time great player i think before we do the whole Giannis celebration there are a few you know minor but i would say legitimate asterisks to the season and to the path that they were able to take to get to the finals and you talk about the adjustments but I mean, I just, I don't know if I come away feeling any different and, you know, we'll do the Bucks celebration. So we're not going to like, you know, be down yeah. on the Bucks to start the podcast. But yeah. since we're on coach Bud now, anyways, like, mm-hmm. I just don't know if I'm more impressed or less impressed with him at this point. How many coaches would you take before Bud? Uh, quite a few, quite a few. Really? I would take, I think I would take Monty Williams before coach Bud. Honestly. I don't know. I mean, you could argue that coach Bud did outperform uh Monty Williams in the finals but I thought over the course of the season and potentially what uh he could be 
on that team for you know the next four or five years. Mm-hmm. I would rather have uh, I'd rather have Monty Williams. I'd uh, there's quite a few guys. Some of the younger coaches, Brad wow. Stevens. I would take Brad Stevens right now. He's not even coaching. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd probably there's probably five or six coaches I'd take. Becky Hammond. Know, but... I don't know. You know, she's already a, a, a Hall of Famer. So I don't know. That's pretty tough to be. But I, I probably he's probably in my top seven. I think I think I mean, my opinion obviously improves from him because I do think he did make some adjustments in these playoffs and he won a championship, you know, and you can't ever take it away from him. It's always going to be on his resume. And I think you think respect has to go. Respect is due. Um. I think, and it's kind of one of those tough things. It's kind of like uh, the Dwayne Casey kind of syndrome where, you know, if Dwayne Casey stayed there one more year, would we see him as an NBA champion? You know, if he stayed when Kawhi was there instead of getting fired for Nick Nurse, would would he, would we see him as one of the great coaches? Because he was a really, he improved the record every single year he was with the Raptors and yet and he was coach of the year and yet they shipped him off, you know, to Detroit. They, they had him out of there. So, you know, and Bud, you know, one shoe size, you know, and we keep bringing it up. So it's, I think it's one of those hard things to gauge because it is a weird job, you know, because your success is so much predicated on your players. Uh, I do think Monty Williams is a better coach. It's just Giannis is, you know, he may end up being a top 10 player when it's all said and done of all time. I definitely think he could push up into there. Um, but, you know, it's, it's it's crazy. He I um I definitely think I mean I'm I, I my opinion definitely has improved uh but it's definitely it's definitely gone up. It's trending upward, but it's not like you know he's an all time guy now, but it's it's definitely he he won. He won he helped win it he helped the team win. So you know it's you kinda you kinda have to kinda have to throw it on the resume. Um our coach is just becoming less and less relevant because what's like the string of coaches we've had one now it's coach bud mm-hmm. frank vogel nick nurse who i you know a lot of people would still say is one of the better coaches in the league but is that just riding the coattails of an awesome first season and again like an all-time great Kawhi playoff run you know an all-time anthony davis lebron playoff run for uh frank vogel uh, you mentioned Dwayne casey like if you put Dwayne casey in the set of circumstances that coach bud has where he has a player that gets to a different level. Some exactly. superstars are hurt. The path is a laser. Maybe Dwayne Casey does get a ring. I don't know. Mm. Coach Bud just uh, turns out to be the benefactor of what I think was just an awesome cir- set of circumstances for him. I don't know if his coaching necessarily improved, but I would say the circumstances that allowed him to get to an NBA Finals and improved. So maybe my opinions change of him, but I just... There's, a, there's honestly a couple guys in Milwaukee that... I'm still kind of lukewarm on, and we'll get to them in a minute. But uh, do you just want to do the full Giannis thing now? Yeah. No, I was I was literally one near the end of the game. It was kind of obvious that the Bucks were going to win. So like the what really made me excited because you know I don't have a I don't choose any other side. Which at the end I got some comparisons, but um. I really, I really, 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 really wanted Giannis to get that 50. And I'm so happy for him that he got that 50 because 49 is just not the same. You know, it's, it's one number less, obviously, but it's just not the same. Getting, getting that 50, it's, 
I mean, it makes it makes it one of the all time games. Once I saw that, I was like, this is this is up there. It's it's I think it's I think it's you know, you can't I think 50, 60 years from now, you know, NBA historian looking back, you kind of have to, you know, circle this one as maybe one of the best, you know, maybe the best game since Cavs and Warriors went back and forth, you know, post post that whole saga. I don't think there's like a player definitely in basketball, but maybe in like just sports in general, football, basketball that I've just done a more of a 180 on in like two months than I've done on Giannis. Cause I thought going into the playoffs and going into even going into the season, but definitely going into the playoffs, he was in that group of guys where it's like, okay, could this guy lead their team to a title? Yeah, absolutely. Like maybe some younger guys, uh, Luca, for example, I think would be the number one, you know, guy in competition with him there, or, you know, the like MVP un, you know, types that good regular season, unproven, unproven playoff guys or sketchy playoff records, you know, Harden would be in that list. Um, but even, you know, maybe Anthony Davis too, even though he got a ring, but just as like a number one guy in a title team. And so, you know, I just kind of like, you know, where is this guy going to fall in the league? We've seen it now a couple of years coming up short in the playoffs. And within, you know, a matter of two months, I might, he might be like the second best player in the league to me behind Durant. And I totally legitimate. Everything I saw in the finals was like, this guy is not just playing on a hot streak. He is, you know, figured out how to play basketball for him. I, what I think is definitely like probably the best way possible he can play it. Unless of course he starts adding outside jump shots and things like that. But if he never adds a three pointer, like just the way he was playing in these finals, he'll, you know, go down as an all-time great NBA player with just how dominant he was getting his shots, being honestly like a insanely impactful defender, like defensive player of the year. Absolutely. He was a hundred, hundred percent the best defensive player I saw all year in this finals and uh, the getting the teammates involved, knowing when to, when to, you know, take charge, when to drop back, just all these things never done more of a 180 on a player. Yeah, no. Um, I with Giannis, I was up and down. Um, I'm not gonna lie, not this playoffs, but over the last couple of years, I was really, really high on Giannis. Um, that one with the year again, like I brought up earlier against the Raptors when they're up 2-0 and they had Brogdon, they had Chris, there was him, you know, and it felt like they could actually make it to the finals. I really thought they could have also won that year against against that beat up, um, Warriors team with. Uh, I mean, the way the injuries worked out on that team, it was pretty much Curry and Draymond at the end. So there's almost, you know, a hundred percent chance that Giannis would have probably won it all if he could have gotten past that Raptors team. Um, so you know, and then the last postseason made me try, kind of walk back some of my hype around it because it was just it, it was just rough. It was it was just a bad postseason for him. And I think this this postseason, we the 180 that you mentioned, I think it's kind of similar to the way with Trey Young. Like, none of our criticisms were illegitimate. Like, he was getting stopped easily. Like, everyone kind of knew the game plan to stop him was out, you know. And similar with Trey Young, you know, he had his, his glaring issues. And both of them, as the postseason went along, they trusted their teammates. They started finding their niches, when to turn it on, 
when to turn up, you know, using the, using the pick and roll in the right, right way, you know, one being the roller and one being the popper, you know, and um, <clears throat> they both figured out um, when to, when to turn it on. And if Trey Young didn't get hurt, who knows, maybe they take the bucks to seven, you know, that, that was an actual close series. So um, I think, I think um, Trey Young is probably like the closest comp, to Giannis in terms of his growth um, and the way people percept him suddenly changed. Obviously, Giannis is on another level. But um, I definitely think that it's, you know, I, I think it shows you can't, it's hard to count out these younger players because, you know, who knows when they're going to take that jump. I think also Tatum had a similar jump when he was before COVID. He also had like a jump where people are like last year before um uh, before the bubble struck or before the pandemic hit, he also had another jump where it's like, whoa, is he a superstar? And then, you know, he got sick and stuff. So, but, you know, before that, you know, the criticisms weren't wrong. I think it's just when you have all these talented players who have been, you know, starting to get some years in the league under their belt and they're just growing. They're just growing as human beings. They're growing as men. They're growing as basketball players and they get smarter. Giannis has been playing basketball for you know, who knows how long, barely any time and has had barely any experience, you know, Trey Young, this is his first year getting real teammates. And now he can actually, you know, pass the ball to a, you know, a decent player who can actually help him. So I think all these players who, you know, we see take jumps Booker as well, you know, we've never seen him in this situation and being in a big spotlight changes you, you know, and that's why, we saw him and Giannis have these huge 40 point performances first time ever, you know, in multiple games, because I mean, obviously I'm not the first to say, it, but the league is really talented right now. And these young players with all these, you know, really know what areas to work on. And it's with so much data and trainers and, you know, you can watch almost every single second of film. Now it's so much easier to analyze your weaknesses, figure out how to figure it out. And when it unlocks, it just, it just unlocks. And so, I mean, pressure produces diamonds. And we definitely saw that this postseason with a lot of different young players. I don't know. For some reason, I'm still like shocked at how shocking my view on him has changed. Cause if we, you know, at the beginning of the season, you had told me Giannis, he's coming off back-to-back MVPs with, you know, playoff disappointments, but he's going to play, the same, if not potentially better, this upcoming season than he is both of those MVP years. They're going to go into the playoffs, and he's going to get better each round and ascend to one of the best players in the league and win the finals. I probably wouldn't be shocked if you had told me that. And as I was watching it unfold, I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. Like, he's really doing this. He's taking a step. And it was, as much as it is offensively, the two-way stuff was honestly incredible. Like, I remember... You know, I'm pretty familiar with peak two-way Kawhi Leonard uh, the year he rolled his ankle against the Warriors. That was probably the best two-way version of him we saw. And I thought that this version of Giannis was uh, the same, if not better, than that version of Kawhi just because of his timing on making defensive plays. The block, obviously, is you know going to be one of the most famous plays in, uh, in basketball history. But... Uh, just his ability to constantly come up clutch with defensive plays. Um, the Just the, the the total package that he's become as a player is uh, really, really outstanding. 
What are more interesting? What is more interesting, his play or his press conferences? Have you watched any? No, I have the one thing I haven't watched is any of the press conferences. Or you gotta get the, tr- on it, the minute man. the minute the finals was over, I didn't even watch the trophy ceremony. I was like, I got stuff to go do. I can't even. I can't waste my time watching this this press conference. I got draft players to go to go uh, try to watch on YouTube. There is a really good moment in the trophy ceremony where he looks over to Chris Middleton. He's like, we did it. And he looks back and he's like, yeah, no, that was a really heartwarming moment. Um, but Giannis in press conferences is all time. Like I've never, I've never watched someone so consistently give such great answers. And he's so open. Like when he explains that lob and he literally like he vocalizes what other people who are analyzing would have said. And you're like, Oh wow, like he's actually, you know, giving an insight to what he's thinking. And the thing is, is at the end of the day, you can't do what Giannis can do. Like no one, like there's some stuff that you just no one could do what Giannis do. So of course, if he tells you, like, okay, you know, you're not gonna stop him next time from doing it. Like that block, he like it was so. It's it's you know, you you can hear other people who watch it, you know, say that it happened and. You know, but hearing those, maybe even those exact same words from the player itself is just different. It's just different. Um, Like him just saying, like, when I was up on Booker, the way he's facing, the way he was sat, the way he was coming to the basket, there was he wasn't going for the layup. And I just instinctually was. And it's interesting that you're, you know, sometimes he can go even more detail because obviously he knows what he was thinking. He was like, I was trying to go for the rim. And instead, I went for, I hit the ball and I got it out of his hand. So stuff like that he's got great and he's almost he's probably an nba philosopher a leading philosopher right now in the nba who knows he's got some We're still than kyrie i don't kyrie's off kyrie his Giannis's philosophy actually makes sense it's, it's stuff he can actually actually apply so um until i see pictures of flat earth i think Giannis will stay number one for now <laughs> um um i did have a interesting you know first take First takey kind of uh, question: Is this the worst supporting cast since Dallas for a championship? I, 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 oh, I'm so glad you asked. I, I had this I, written down. I kind of, I kind of, I was like, let me just throw out some stuff, and I was like, wow, Chris Middleton was really the second best player on this team. <laughs> like he had. Well, I, I, I haven't even looked. Let me, let me pull up the box score. But uh, what? What do you think? What do you, what do you think of this? I had this exact same, this exact same topic to discuss because I think a lot of the injuries that happened and a lot of the stars that went down kind of put a damper on, uh, you know, the storylines going into the finals. But I thought one of them was just how, how much Giannis had to carry the Bucks to this finals. I like in the playoffs and after a couple games in the finals, I was trying to figure out, is this like a 2007 LeBron championship run where, you know, young player carries a team to the finals, maybe gets them a little farther than they should, but they end up losing. Is this 95 Shaq where we see like, you know, the potential of a great star, but maybe he's the kind of guy that always needs like that second scoring guard, you know, somebody to take the pressure off of him and fill the weaknesses that he doesn't have. No, but yeah, he was like, to- he totally carried this team. It's absolutely incredible how, m- I mean, we're going to, I have notes for, uh, I can do them now if you want, but this is not this. I thought if you take, uh, 
Giannis off the team, the Suns are way better than the Bucks. Uh, just with the guys that they have, Crowder, Cam Johnson, uh, DeAndre Ayton, who I don't think is, you know, a star championship level piece, and we can talk about them in a little bit too. But the Suns' role players, I would much rather have than PJ Tucker, Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez, who actually looked decent in some of these uh, finals minutes that he was playing. And I don't know if that's necessarily what you want his Brooke Lopez to be like, Hey, let's get something out of Brooke Lopez tonight. Um, you know, Devin, when Devin Chenzo goes down and it's like, are we, we going to be deep enough? Maybe that's a problem, but the honest, the honest putting his team on the back is something that I haven't necessarily think a lot of people have mentioned. I'm glad you brought it up. One of the funniest quotes, you know, I got to, bring up uh bill simmons every podcast like he brings up the celtics every podcast um one of the funniest quotes i i like died laughing when he said is it's funny just how the milwaukee loves to go four on five on offense every time they have pj tucker on the floor and that's just true that's just true watching the game like he barely swings the ball he, I, I i can't remember the last time i saw him hit a three i don't i can't remember the last time he shot a three and i thought i was going in and, and i mean yeah he's good on defense but, you know, he, again, he has zero points. And I just wanted to look at some stats, maybe, you know, see some see some stuff that uh, collaborates it. Um, so Chris did have that 40 point game game um, <clears throat> four, which was really pivotal. But I mean, he also had two games where he was less than 20 points. He had 11 points, 17 points. And I mean, just looking at this starting lineup, I mean, Drew Holiday, you know, kind of a solid player. Brooke Lopez, he, he, you know, he he's really you can see some regression with him. PJ Tucker at one point, you know, he he had the worst plus minus in the league. And yes, you know, he wasn't caring because he was on the Rockets, but still, you know, he still got to those lows. Bobby Portis was an important part of this team, like <laughs> like the guy who punched someone in the head and the Bulls couldn't even play him. He was an important part and he actually looked kind of good. Uh, Jeff Teague kept getting minutes for some reason. Unbelievable. And, I mean, I like, like, again, what are the, you know, barely could get minutes on the Celtics. And yet he's he couldn't even play in the playoffs when he was like an all-star on the Hawks. Exactly. And he was in the playoffs and he was like, oh, Jeff Teague, this is this is awful. <laughs> like, and now he's like the backup point guard on championship team. Exactly. And then Pat Connaughton, who was a, you know, he always hustled. But especially this last game where Giannis put up. 50 like I, I'm surprised they didn't triple team him um I mean Pat Connaughton literally played 23 minutes didn't win zero points um PJ Tucker 36 minutes zero points uh let's see who else is here Chris Middleton only had 17 points you know it, Drew Holiday only 12 points you know the, these guys there there's no great second star um even LeBron you know and and obviously the Suns that they're playing aren't, you know, world beaters, you know, they're probably one of the weaker, really good teams, weaker opponents that they've had to play. So that's probably why they got through, but still, it's still the finals. It's still Chris Paul with Devin Booker, still one of the best teams. And, you know, Giannis just carried him. He just carried him. And I think with his level, the level quality of his opponent, you know, that was enough. Not only does PJ is PJ Tucker like battered offense, he like literally doesn't do anything. 
He stands there. If he ever gets the ball, he never shoots now. He just straight up like pump fake, dribble, like throw it to the nearest guy. He is an absolute zero. I don't know. Has there ever been anybody else in, in the finals that you can just think of off the top of your head that's just like a total zero on offense when they're playing and like playing big minutes? Like crunch time, like they're like, oh, we need to we need to get the momentum back. Let's throw PJ Tucker in. Let's put him on somebody. But he's just an absolute like I'm trying to, you know, like Festus Azili. Could Festus Azili give you something offensively in the something finals when he was out there in the last couple minutes for the Warriors? Maybe on Kevin is Kevin Love maybe an absolute zero. Roberson. Roberson could give you more stuff than PJ Tucker could. Yeah, it was it was rough. It was rough. I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, no. So who, at least Roberson would back cut. <laughs> oh my goodness! Who who is your pick going into this uh, playoffs? I had mine in my article. I had Suns in five. Um, after that two two matchup, I was going with the Bucks. So, um, but who who did you have? I thought the Suns were definitely going to win after two games, but I think it was somewhere in game three or four. I'll tell you the, the moment the series changed for me was when they just totally took Drew Holiday off of Chris Paul and put him on Devin Booker. And it was, oh, they, you know, Chris Paul can't do anything anymore against them. And, you know, we can talk about Chris Paul a little bit if you want, but that was the moment. So it was in game three or four, but that was the moment for me the finals changed. And there was a moment in game one when Chris Paul was popping off and he hit like a shot. I think there was like 345 left in the third, and then he hit a couple more shots after that. And I was oh, the Suns are going to win. If Chris Paul can get wherever he won on the floor, exactly. and then Devin Booker's just there and can give you 40 back-to-back nights. Like, there's just no way. This, this Milwaukee team is definitely not good enough to beat, you know, a Bucks team or a Suns team where you have two guys on the floor that can basically get to wherever whatever spot they want. So once they, once they took Holiday off of Chris Paul and just... I don't want to say disrespected him, but they just kind of stopped caring about him as a, as a lead guy. That's when the series shift for me. And when Giannis, you know, was like, I need to be as good as two players. Yeah, sure. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're definitely right. Um, yeah, no, I kind of have to agree. I think once they got once, because with Chris Paul, it was, it was one of those things. He just didn't go inside as much. He didn't go to the paint. He didn't cut inside as much. So all he would mostly do is with the screen, he would go to his mid range, hopefully hit a spot or pass it. So once they had that center come up on him and it was usually Giannis, you know, one of, one of the better defenders and one of the best defenders in the league. And obviously once you have that in your face on top of probably being a little injured. And I think that turnover in, I think game four, game three or four at the end of the game, where he was able to bring it back and he just turned the ball over. I was like, that's it. That's that's that was the series right there. Because I the point that him as you know, known as a point god just lost the ball in that way, it just showed me that, you know, if it was it was too late in his career. He he's finally made it, but I feel like it's just too banged up and it's it's over. I don't I don't think I don't think Chris Paul will ever be an NBA champion. I'm just throwing it out there as as a, one of the leading players on the team like as probably one two or three option i don't think he'll be i don't think he'll be a champion because it's i think he's just put too many miles and i really feel bad for him i w- really wish he could have gotten one um and not against this team though i love Giannis. he's just he's just he's just such a charismatic guy i'm so happy for Giannis. but um 
I mean, I guess we can do. Can I give you my two? Yeah. Uh, Giannis first take things. Oh, all right. Okay, so let me see. (laughs) No, no. I have a couple. Which one should I hit you with first? Okay, Giannis, greatest draft pick of all time. Oh, nah, Jokic was. Jokic. Okay, I trust me. I have the full list of contenders here. So we've got like what would what would really qualify somebody to be a great draft pick? So I think they probably have to be outside the top five. I think if you're a top five draft pick and you turn out to be pretty good, like yeah. I get it. Like Jordan, they got him at three, but like he's still a top three guy in the draft. And Elijah Wan was the other was one of the other top three guys. So can that really be the best draft pick of all time? Maybe, but probably not. And the player would have to have a major impact on the team they were drafted by. So this disqualifies a few people. Kawhi Leonard, drafted at 15th, did not have his best season with the team he was drafted by. Had his best did season he? in Toronto, drafted by the Spurs, obviously. He, did get he won the title, title, was the best player he in the league in Toronto. He did get an MVP and a finals MVP. He did. But I would just, it's not that it was not the best version of Kawhi that won the finals MVP. Yeah, he was no, better, right. he was better a couple years later and then just had his best season as a player in the league with the Raptors. So Kawhi's disqualified. Uh, other finals MVPs, Igudala won the finals MVP, drafted by, not drafted by the Warriors. He was picked ninth yeah. overall. Tony Parker, uh, 20th overall finals MVP, not the best guy on a title team, won the finals MVP, but not the best guy on the title team. Same with Iggy. Steph was the best guy on that team. Uh, Julius Irving, 12th overall, drafted by the Bucks, never played for Milwaukee, went to the ABA instead, then came back to the NBA. Oh, going Bill so, Simmons mode over here. <laughs> he is disqualified. Uh, couple honorable mentions. Uh, Willis Reed picked 10th overall, won two titles, but you know, like a major impact league guy, probably not. The Paul other Pierce, second ninth. rounder to get a uh, MVP as a tenth pick. Yeah, second round, tenth overall. Uh, Paul Pierce drafted ninth overall. Best guy in a title team, maybe it was kind of a combination of him, Garnett, Ray Allen. That was more of a collective effort. And again, just not one of like the great generational players or the great uh, players of all time. He would say different. Carl uh, Malone. Was picked 13th overall. Had a really, you know, one of the best careers ever, but never won a title. Exactly. Giannis picked 15th overall. Brought a title to Milwaukee before the age of 27. So, at that point, you'd have to say that Giannis is just a better draft pick than Carl Malone was. Uh, Jokic, 41st. I think getting the league MVP outside the top 40 is insane. But, again, he hasn't won a title yet. Really only has, you know... A couple years doesn't have the the total resume that Giannis has, and the title is going to be the big one. Uh, and Giannis, fifteenth pick, won two league MVP. So is that different than winning one league MVP as the fortieth pick? Still I don't know. Lottery pick. He was still a lottery Some pick. Fifteenth? No, he was fifteenth. Yeah, sixteen. Outside the lottery. lottery. Top sixteen is lottery. Top fourteen is lottery. Oh, uh, uh, top sixteen is lottery. What the heck? Let me check this. Let me get it on it. I'm pretty sure. So I would say his strongest competitors at this point, Jokic at 41st, Carl okay. Malone at 13th, Dirk taking ninth overall. Uh, 
sort of a similar career to what Giannis could end up having brought a title to Dallas in 2011. John Havlicek drafted ninth overall. Uh, you know, not really the best guy in a title team, but definitely one of the, you know, 20 best players that's ever played in the league, and they got him at ninth. Steph taking seventh. Steph, seventh overall. You know, maybe the second most impactful player of his generation behind LeBron, and they got him outside the top five. Larry Bird taking sixth overall. That one, you know, just out of the top five. But six is still, you know, you get a Mount Rushmore guy outside the top five. That's awesome. And then... The only other one that maybe competes, and there may be a little bit of a technicality here, so you know, help me figure this out. Kobe was taken 13th overall, was not did not play for the Hornets, but was traded on draft night. So you could technically say the Lakers kind of took him at 13, but you know, almost not a lottery guy, and you know, five NBA rings, one of the biggest images in the the NBA of all time, and um, you know, a top 10 player. They got him at 13th overall, but Giannis 15th overall, uh, the upside for, you know, what he could have been as a player, you know, what, what we knew about him in the draft at the time, just probably absolutely nothing. And just taking this massive gamble on a guy that, you know, eventually he, Hey, he brought a title and, uh, could, uh, potentially be the guy that, well, he did. He saved the Milwaukee yeah. franchise. He brought him a title. Yeah, no, I definitely. I mean, the amount of applauding for Giannis off the charts that he would stay with the Bucks, not go play with Doncic, because heck, I would go play. I'd go to Dallas the second I could have. Um, but that he stuck with that team, stuck with you know from his second running mate, who was a former G leaguer, you know, with older guy experience pushed him, and. You know, stuck with that system. I mean, you know, hats off to him. I'm so happy that he's able to get a championship for that team. But I, I think to get an MVP out of a second round pick and someone that's pretty impressive. I looked at that one for I, a long time. I, I'm telling you, I, I don't think that'll ever be beat. Like it, it would take a lot. You know, I, I think, and I think Jokic is gonna get a ring. I, I think it's gonna happen. I think with the improvement and the way in that team, the way they're talented. They got a couple – they just – I think they just need a couple years. Um, I think they're, like, the team that's maybe one or two years away from really taking off. I mean, if it's not for, you know, Jamal Murray getting hurt, who knows? Porter has shown he could be a at least, you know, 23 to 25-ish point score a game in the playoffs. I mean, that counts for something. So, I think that team is just, you know, being healthy and maybe a couple, couple of really close games together away from – being a really dangerous team next year. I, th- I definitely, I mean, you have Aaron Gordon as well. It's, I think t- people are sleeping on him. So I think, I think Jokic can definitely get a championship. That's a little bit of projecting, but I kind of have to still go with Jokic um, because yes, Giannis wasn't a lottery pick. He was 15th. You're right. It is top 14, but it's still top 15. It's not like, you know, it's not like it was, it's still the first round, still the first half. So, so I mean, it's crazy what he's done. Deserves all the props. Nothing against him. I mean, obviously, right now, I'd rather have him instead of Jokic. But still got to go with Jokic as the best lottery pick or best pick. It's buck bang for buck. Carl Malone at 13th is pretty good, too. Just the totality of the career. 
the maybe if you put him on if you build the team a different way with different guys he could be a guy on a title team but he never was he was just never the best guy on a title team and Giannis Giannis is so I you know if you're just what's the point of drafting a guy you want guys that can win you the title and Giannis did that Carl Malone never did so I would go with Giannis that's why I would put Giannis above Jokic too just at this point he has a title he has double the amount of MVPs uh he's a better two-way player but yeah, the fact that they got him outside the top 40 is wild. Yeah, that's that's freaking crazy. And I think I think yeah, I think Jokic, I mean, I'm doing a little bit of projection, so I, I think Jokic will up his Ooh, projection. I got my next uh, my last Giannis thing is projection based. You just get into it. Jokic will come up. Don't worry. Jokic yeah, next five years. Who do you want? Well, I don't know if you know this, Samson, but mm-hmm. 2021 the 2020-2021 season. First season of the 2020 decades. So we've entered this new decade of basketball. Yeah. And the first year we have it in the 2020s, Giannis emerges, you know, champion, best player in the league. So if we're just looking at players who could potentially dominate the 2020s, you know, we got Curry, Durant, LeBron. You know, Curry and Durant are both 33. LeBron's going to be 37. By the time the next season starts, yeah, you know, so a lot of the players from this last decade are probably going to be aged out within the next, you know, few years. They're definitely not going to make it to the end. Maybe Steph does just Durant with just their shooting. But you just think as like high level guys who for the next 10 years can just dominate the league. And there's two ways that players can do it. You can do obviously the LeBron Durant way where you just consistently want to, you know, you know, two, three best players in the league, best player in the league, or there's that step factor where you're in a franchise for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you get MVPs, you're bringing finals. You know, I don't think Steph will ever be better than LeBron and Durant for his generation, but the impact he had on the league, on his city, on the game, probably maybe greater than both of those guys, you know, just in his own right. So yeah, no, definitely. Do you want me to give you the list of guys that I think he's competing against for this, you know, 2020s crown? Who, Curry? Um, I didn't put Curry down just because of the age oh, thing. Giannis. Oh, Giannis. Giannis, oh, yes. Yeah. Who Who you got? Doncic? So we've got, yeah, we've got the who can be as good as Giannis, but who can also make an impact in their city the way Curry did, the way Giannis has, you know, and maybe just have a profound effect in the next decade. So you've got Luca in Dallas. Uh, Tatum in Boston, maybe. Embiid in Philly. Yeah. Not Ben Simmons. Yeah. Not Ben Simmons in San Antonio. Nah, he's he's going to Portland. He's going to Portland. I don't know where. I know. I know. It is what it is. More, but yeah. Uh, Zion in New Orleans. Hmm. If he'll stay. Definitely could be as good as Giannis probably won't have the same effect that in New Orleans that Giannis has had in Milwaukee. Do you really My think guess. he'll stay with the Pelicans? I do not think he'll stay yeah, with the Pelicans. No, he's not going to. I don't think he'll. I don't know if Luka's going to stay in Dallas. We talked about that on a previous but I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. Does I think the man likes the extra? major markets. Does he? Do you think that do you get the vibe from him that that's what he wants? I've never really heard him say it or you know, yeah. allude to it. 
it doesn't really seem like anything that's just like in his personality. I think the man likes the mega stages. I think he likes LA. I think he likes New York. I don't know. Every time he goes and plays in those courts, he just, he's always turning up. He always looks happy. The man's, he's a showman. He's LeBron did the same thing when he went to LA. He's the biggest, he wanted to be the biggest star in the league's biggest stage. And I think if, I think Luca sees that, I think, I think he knows he could be that one day. So if Luca leaves Dallas for, you know, an even, which is a major market team, but if he leaves for like a mega market, then um, I wouldn't be shocked. Trey Young in Atlanta? He already is. Honestly, honestly, though, like I'm not even trying to hype him up. Like this it like people, longtime fans are saying, like, he's already the most exciting player they've had since Dominic Wilkins, which I mean shows how bad their team has been. But I mean, he already has he's already up there. So yeah, who's he competing yeah. with? Like Josh Smith? <laughs> <Exactly>. Josh Smith. <laughs> you know, Al Horford and <laughs> Millsap, who knows? <laughs> But yeah, do they have the most is. boring superstars ever? Oh my gosh. Those boring stars, not superstars, stars. Joe Johnson. Yeah, who knows? Joe Johnson and Al I Horford. That's just oof, that's a bland. That's a bland. I, I think lineup. actually I think actually I saw Joe might have been the number one guy before. I think Joe Johnson is more exciting now in the big three than he ever was in the NBA. But yeah, no, Trey Young already has, so which is really but do you nice think Trey Young can win a title in Atlanta? Do you think Trey Young could be the best player on a title team in Atlanta? I mean, knock on wood, but the way Giannis plays, you know, he's most likely there's going to be a time I think he will. He may have an injury or something where he's a little banged up. And so he might be out of it. Embiid, we haven't seen him play, put together, you know, a, a whole postseason, let alone season where he's healthy. Um, who knows what's going to happen with the Celtics? So, I, I mean, quite frankly, I think the Hawks next year will be like the team knocking on the door, being the elite teams in the West East, especially if they keep that young core together. John Collins finally puts his ego aside and takes a smaller contract to be on a winning team. That, that team could, I definitely could see them definitely knocking on the door of being one of the elite teams in the league next year. So who knows? Probably. I just think the history of the league says the small guard led title team. It just, it just has rarely happened. It's like Isaiah Thomas and mm. Steph, who is like a smaller guard, but not necessarily a small guard, and obviously just like a transformative offensive player. So I guess if Trey Young can become that, then then he could lead them to a title. But you know, my guess is he's not going to be that. He's just never to that level. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he can be the guy. Maybe you know, because like Clay Thompson is like the perfect complement to Steph, but he's never going to outshine be better than Steph. So if you give Trey Young his Clay Thompson, can he win the finals or does he just need to be put with just, you know, do you just need to put him with Giannis and Giannis can just do everything that Trey Young can? I mean, we'll have to see. I definitely think that um, with Trey Young is the, I mean, the talent around him, I think they definitely can make it. They can definitely put some stuff together. DeAndre Hunter, you know, looked pretty interesting. John Collins. And um, I mean, I don't think they're anything level of KD or anything like that. But, you know, I definitely could see them put together some stuff where, you know, he's he's a good passer. He's a really smart player. So, um, but yeah, keep going with your list. Was that it for your list or? I have one more main one and then a, a couple other ones that, or just oh, okay. like honorable mention types. But uh, the last one, we've, you know, it's your boy Jokic in Denver. Of course. 
I don't. I don't. League MVP. I don't know if he's really changing. Like I don't think big men now can pass like him because I I think he's just a one of one. It's similar to Giannis. Like, you know, he may improve. You know, the basketball culture around him, but it's not like, you know, people are using him as a blueprint like Curry. It's kind of like also LeBron. You know, he's just a one of one. But definitely has a chance to be best guy in a title team, right? We both yeah. would say yeah. probably. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely can be. Okay. I have a couple other younger guys, some like on the outside oh. looking in types, but Tyrese uh, Halliburton. <laughs> I almost put him down. I thought about it, but I didn't. <laughs> oh my god. I've just figured never he'll never be the best guy in a title team. But uh, you know, on a guy on a title team, second main ball handler. Um uh, Bam in Miami, maybe if he's got another leap in him. Who knows? Potentially. Wait, who do you say? Sorry, my uh, speaker cut out. Uh, Bam. Bam. Okay, I was wondering if you said hero or Bam. I was like, who do you, who do you say? No, not hero. Bam. <laughs> Just. Who knows? I, I think maybe if he's got another leap in him. Maybe. <laughs> hero. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Lamelo and Charlotte. Bro, I am as high as the sky on LaMelo. I, I, you could tell me anything about LaMelo's potential, and I'd probably believe it. I I really think LaMelo could be – he could he could really be something else. I, I, I'm telling you, I love LaMelo. John Morant in Memphis, maybe best guy in a title team? I, I still – I don't I, quite see it, but now. potentially it's there. Yeah, Ja is one of those guys who I don't I don't know because, you know, I want to like him. I mean, obviously that Jazz series, he showed some things, you know, he looked actually dangerous, but I I still don't trust him. I just don't. I I think that the way he plays is a little too reckless. I I really think he'll get a serious injury the way he keeps running into guys and you know, yeah, his floater was really good, but the way he's just, I mean, he's like Ben Simmons, except he can't shoot, you know, and he's better. Obviously, his offensive game is better than Ben Simmons. You know, he actually does shoot, you know, when he has an open shot. But I just, I still don't trust him. I still, there's there's just a part, a piece that I think he's missing still. Donovan Mitchell? If he stays, who knows? That whole injury thing was weird. Definitely could be the the like the lead scorer on a title team, but he'll need like the Chris. He'll need the Tyrese Halliburton type yeah. to like Tyrese Halliburton after this Chris Paul thing is going to become like him and Lamelo and you know those types of guys that just maybe not best guy in a title team, but could be the primary ball handler is going to make mm-hmm. everybody on the team better. Is going to raise yeah. your ceiling as a as a floor like that kind of guy. That's the kind of guy I think Mitchell needs to play with, and uh, so I don't. I don't know if I see it with him or not. And then there's a couple, uh, a couple other ones like Anthony Davis, like could be the best guy in a title team. I don't really know where he's going to be every two to three years. And I just, I don't know if he'll can he be stay healthy two weeks? Yeah. Can he just, can he stay healthy enough to, yeah. to do it? I just, I don't see it. Yeah. Same thing. Like Embiid, you're going to have to show it at least for a year. Same with the next Kawhi. Like Kawhi's only thirty, he could play till you know thirty six, thirty seven. But mm-hmm. there's just at this point now, there's just too much uncertainty around the Kawhi thing to go. Is this guy ever gonna go 
you know, the full length of an NBA season, playing exactly. at his peak, staying healthy, being the leader of a team. Can he ever get back to that level again? I just at this point, there's, is that, just, is there's that too kinda, much evidence of inconsistency. You think it's kind of kind of karma the way he screwed over the Spurs that he's never made it to the finals, never had a serious shot or Western Conference finals. Yeah, back in the Western Conference anyways. I hope it's karma. I really hope it is. I would be okay with him. Screwing over teams like the way his injury stuff is, doesn't tell anyone anything, and you kind of have to just go with it. Yeah, I just he's because he's clearly like the fourth best fourth best player in the league at at worst when he's playing at his best. But he's almost the the prices on him is just too high for all the somehow undramatic drama he brings everywhere. (laughs) Undramatic drama, but yeah, no, you're right. So oh, Kawhi, yeah. I had down as just a guy, but I just, I just don't know what his career is going to look. Exactly. His career's changed seven different times. It could change seven different times again. I just have no idea. Uh, it's not going to be Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. I'm just going to tell you right now. I just have written down not Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards. Not Anthony. D'Angelo Russell though. Deloading. Oh my god. Cade Cunningham in Detroit. Hey, that's that's not finalized yet. No, I don't think so. Um, do um, I so have who, any else? Who would I think you that's want? The last if you one. had any player, including the draft, next five to ten years, who are you taking? Because I think this season it's it just it are... comes down to between Luca, Giannis, and then like if we're just going five years, just like Durant or Steph, one of those two guys. Because I think you know those guys are still going to be good five years from now. Um, LeBron could be Bronny. Can I take Bronny? Uh, it would come down to either Giannis or honestly, that just the two way stuff from Giannis was just at such a high level. I just don't know how I could not take Giannis. Um, you know what else he got better at this year was I thought if, if you go back to the old, uh, the aliens come to invade earth gimmick and, uh, we have to put together a team. Don't think there's a case that maybe Giannis wouldn't end up on the five just because the way he played, you know, his lack of shooting, you know, how is he going to fit when you put him with like LeBron, Durant, Steph, these guys, you could probably find five guys that fit together better. You know, you start bringing in Luca, Anthony Davis, like all these guys. Who? Iggy. (laughs) Iggy, finals MVP. One of the best draft picks ever. Um, But just the way he was playing. The way he was playing in this series, I thought he could play with any of the other star players in the league and be as productive as he was today. Just or in the series, just because of all the all the little things he would be doing, just the hard rolls to the basket, the tip ins, the you know protecting the rim, the way he did, uh, knowing how to set guys up, just. Uh, how he, he just he really did. He learned how to become a star player over these playoffs. I, I just have been so impressed uh do you want to talk about a couple of the other players real quick yeah no we can um but real quick um oh yeah go go whole next five years thing i think right now we're kind of in a weird spot where we're in between generations Um, yeah definitely i think it's definitely you know it's been rising especially i think it really started when you had don shake and zion come in back to back years you know yeah people who you know may bump off people on the mount rushmore you know put them up there I know who are definitely being the argument 
And now with Giannis, you know, making this leap, Booker, you know, Trey Young, all these new stars, I think we're now in the spot and the older guys with injuries and having to adjust with the weird season and things like that. And like, and I know it's, it's been a phrase that's been used a lot, but the pandemic was just a catalyst, you know, it was just a catalyst for things that are going to happen, you know, outside of sports, but also in sports because it, you know, it kind of pro- helped the younger players give them more space to improve and it kind of favored them a lot. And, you know, eventually, you know, Trey Young probably was going to have this leap. Eventually Giannis was eventually going to get a ring. I mean, with the talent he had, I, I just thought I'm pretty sure you would have Booker at some point was probably going to have this crazy performance. I don't know about the finals. So I definitely think that we're now starting to see the maturing and like the serious like <clears throat> production from younger players. And, you know, LeBron, he's starting to pass the torch already making the movie, you know, kind of doing the old guy things. So I think, I think it's, you know, it's about that time that, you know, the older guys will start moving on and who knows, who knows? I mean, I know the nets are favored right now, but who knows what we're going to get next year. I mean, I love KD, but how many games is he going to really play? Like, I, I have no idea how much of the season he's going to play next season. So, let alone Kyrie or Harden. So, I, th- I think now, you know, analysts need to start doing their homework, start researching these other guys because these young guys are going to start being serious, serious contributors. If you're the Suns and Booker and Aiton is your core going forward, just – I mean, they they could potentially bring Chris Paul back. We can discuss the contract if you want, but you know that 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 version of the core just has a limit on how long it can go for because Chris Paul's because of his age. So yeah. you basically have to look at Booker and Aiton as your long term core. Is that what you want if you're Phoenix? Does that sound good to you? If those are your two main guys going forward, the Booker piece obviously you're okay with, but if mm-hmm. Aiton's your second guy going forward, are you comfortable with that team as a Finals contender? Um, no, not really. I mean, no, I think, no, because Aiden's not, he's, he, I, I, I mean, he's very good. He, you definitely need a piece like him to win a title, but he's not a second option. I mean, he's just, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not even trying to discount him. I just don't think he, he's that talented. I don't think he has it. That's the thing. I, I think he's a very good player. I just don't think he, he can get there. Maybe, you know, he'll develop his game. Who knows? Maybe even add a three, but I, d- I definitely don't see him having that ceiling to get to that level. They definitely could improve on having a second guy, but but he would be very good piece. You definitely need someone like him to win a ring. It was crazy, like over the course of the playoffs, that he went from like it almost felt like people thought he was a rookie the way they were talking about him with like how special like he was playing and the jump he made, but like this was a guy in his third year and it took like an all time great point guard to drag, you know, him being potentially the third best guy in a title team out. And this guy was the number one overall pick at one point. So, and just like throughout points at points of the finals, there were times when like Lopez was guarding him. He gets the ball. He still doesn't really know what to do with it. If it's not like a short roll or, He's just right around the basket. He can just pull pull out one of his little jump jump hooks or something. Exactly. Like if he actually has to put the ball in the dribble and try to get around a guy or back a guy down, he still doesn't really know what to do. I don't I don't know how comfortable he is playmaking. He's not really gonna get his own shots. Um 
he was a fine player this year. I was a little surprised that the hyperbole for him got so crazy. But if he was like that crazy of stats, though, if he was my second guy on a title team after like, do you think he has another jump in him that he can take? That's not reliant on like another all time great point guard. I just I don't know. I still have my doubts. I think I mean, you know, who knows? I think him as an older player, maybe he could get a little bit of savvy, but I don't think, you know, I don't I don't I don't see it, though, you know, and I don't. And the way Booker's kind of sped up this timeline, I don't know if he can really wait. But I think he would be a great trade piece, though. You know, he's, he would be someone really e- – you could easily entice other teams to use as a gem of a trade piece. Oh, can you imagine? We went from talking about him being untradeable to now he's like an intriguing trade piece. I don't know where he falls guy. on that scale. It's somewhere, but – I don't know. I just like if they get if they bring in Kyle Lowry and Kyle Lowry is your point guard. Can Kyle Lowry get out of DeAndre Ayton what Chris Paul did? No. So at that point, it's like, well, DeAndre Ayton has to get better. And the first two years in the league without Chris Paul, he didn't really get that much better. So I don't know if there's a lot of DeAndre Ayton improvement that it's going to be done. Like, on is he going to come back and just have like three go-to moves and a tighter dribble and be like more aware defender or is he going to need a point guard to set him up with lobs uh get him to where he wants to on the post uh good team defenders around him so he's not the only guy you know responsible for being the last line of defense like he's just he's still a guy that you need to put pieces around to make up for his weaknesses and that's uh, just not a guy that I think, especially at number one overall pick, but just in general as a guy that you want going forward as a main piece on your title team. I mean, yeah, and I, but I think at the same time, like we've seen with other young players, you know, Trey Young, Giannis, and other guys, I think he could take make a jump. That's why I'd leave the door open, maybe. But I'm not. I'm not the one holding the door open. I don't expect it to happen. Um, but you know, it could happen. I just don't, don't think it will. Um, and I, I mean, the thing is with the Suns, I do think they're still one piece away. They definitely need, um, so are the bucks. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think the, with the Suns, they do need probably like another, another point guard because CP3 isn't going to get better from where he was. The Bucks. As for the Bucks, I mean, you're probably right. They probably do need maybe a third option because Chris Middleton, I think he does work as a combo guard, as a forward. I just, you know, you can't rely on him every game. So, you know, he he probably probably would be one of the better third options. So if he can find a second guy to work for, you know, maybe. But um, who knows? I don't, I'm with both teams. It's 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 tough right now to project what they could do because you know they made it to the finals so it's kind of hard to be like well you know break it up find some new guys because it's it's kind of hard to just go out there and get another really really good player so um i think they're just gonna both run it back i just i just don't think that this phoenix team is like the a young a young thunders team or even like a young boston team from a couple years ago where you've got tatum you've got brown you've got all these young guys making nearly a finals run even without Kyrie if Aiden's your second best guy I don't know if they have that upside uh, Chris Paul I want to ask you about Chris Paul what's your most memorable Chris Paul playoff performance 
Um, I didn't, I didn't watch too many of his Clippers. Just in, ge- in general, from just throughout his career, are there any playoff games you can point to and go, "That's why Chris Paul is one of the best point guards of all time." Um, I know he's had some great games in the past. I haven't watched them on YouTube. You know, with the I know there was a against y'all against the Spurs. I think Game Six. I can't remember what year. Yeah, I went through I went through his playoff uh, his playoff game logs, and I was focused mainly on like elimination games because those are the mm-hmm. most important ones. And I'm not saying he's never had good playoff games or important playoff performances, but if you're just looking at like what can we point to where Chris Paul's one of the best point of, point guards of all time? You're basically talking about, like you said, that round one San Antonio series in 2015 where they have to win game six and game seven. In game six, he doesn't really shoot well, but he puts up 19 points, 15 assists, four steals, only has one turnover. And then in game seven, you know, he's 27 points, six assists, nine of 13 from the field, five of six for three. Hits that, you know, Falling away, one-legged, right-handed bank shot over Tim Duncan. Barely gets it over his fingertips. If Tim Duncan hadn't trimmed his nails the night before, he probably blocks the shot. <laughs> but and then and then you're basically looking at this Clippers series from this past playoffs, where Game Six he drops forty, exercises a lot of demons against the Clippers. You know, finally is able to get to the NBA Finals. But you know, he follows that up with really what ends up being, I would say, a disappointing Finals for Chris Paul. Even though you could. Uh, you could blame the injuries, but if you do, then that just is the story again of Chris Paul's career. Either he doesn't quite come up, come up as clutch as he needs to, or he's hurt, and that's just the way it's been for his entire career now. And I was just really surprised going through his career that there's just not a lot of there's just not a lot of those all time performances that you could point to and uh, make the case for Chris Paul's just like the all timer guy. Well, I mean, that's what makes those performances so special when they're happening because, you know, they don't happen often. Um, I think him with the Rockets, you know, going to seven with the Warriors, um, you know, he definitely he was he was an instrumental part of that team. And then what but what happened in those series? He he got hurt. He got hurt. So either he's underperforming or he's hurt. And that's Mm -hmm. just the way it is for some guy. Uh, Peyton Manning was like that. And Peyton Manning has two Super Bowls, but. Yeah, you know, constantly in the playoffs, you just go. This guy is like ninety-five percent of the way there, and there's just like, you know, a five percent, a two percent that he's just missing in these big games that uh, that's going to cost him, and it cost him. I thought, even with the injury, I thought he just he played. I've never seen him, you know, lose the ball more. Uh, mm-hmm. He lost like you were talking about that earlier, but and just like the aggression aspect, just it seems like there are times he would just like. They'd be pressuring him. He'd get past the defender, drive all the way into the lane, and then kick it out or pull yeah. the dribble back or just do something That's where you're like, campaign. hey, take the shot or, you know, him. Everyone you used to set up DeAndre Ayton and made him look great. Like, keep doing that. And, you know, you can credit Giannis's defense, but yeah. um, I just, to me, this was actually a fitting Chris Paul series because if he comes in and he wins this series, we kind of had this, we would have this weird retrospective Chris Paul thing where it's like, well, what happened all these other times he came up short in the playoffs and all the other times, you know, his teams didn't do as well as we thought they could do. But there's this one season and he was able to do it. And now he's an all time great point guard. But honestly, like this makes more sense for the Chris Paul story, because this is what his career has been. He's yeah. been injured or he's been an underperformer. 
Yeah, no, to some I mean, degree. Not a wild underperformer, but definitely never was able to get quite to the level of, you know, I'm going to be the best guy on the floor tonight. My team's going to win, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I mean, he'll go down as one of the top five point guards of all time, you know. And, but, you know, when they came down to it, he couldn't get it done, you know. And it's kind of a, it feels sometimes like a lazy narrative, but, you know, we've just had way too many data points to get to that conclusion. You know, it just, it kept happening. And this is, I mean, I still believe this will probably be his last great chance um, as one of yeah, the, yeah, it has to be, it has to be to do it, especially with everyone getting healthy. You know, you caught everyone lacking, but now, you know, with all these other, you know, really great players on these different other teams. And I mean, I love Booker, but you know, he's not quite on the level like a Don chick or, you know, Zion or these other guys. And, um, I think, I think this was probably it. So, um, speaking of, um, <clears throat> of guys coming back, who do you have next year, next year's champions, irrational, irrational hot takes. Who, who are you thinking for the finals? Hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't even thought about this. I got the Bleacher Report notification when the odds came out. Didn't even look at them. Um, let's think off the top. Who should we pick? Uh, it would be hard not to pick Brooklyn, but the Ky- Kyrie, again, just at this point in his career, who knows what you're going to get from him. I think Harden has a better chance to come back. I think him being out of shape at the beginning of the year really messed him up the entire season. I think if you look at the injuries he had, it was like strained hamstrings and things like that, where it's like, I just think this guy was just out of shape and was never able to recover. So, you know, if you have a full and for as durable as he was for his entire career to never really got hurt. And then just to get all these like little naggy injuries, um, maybe if he just gets back in the gym and gets back into a normal level of shape again, that, you know, a peakish Harden and a peak Durant, and then maybe an inconsistent, but still there when they need him, Kyrie. Maybe that's enough to get the finals. But uh, I don't know. I feel pretty good. Like, I have a lot of questions about the Lakers after watching this season. Uh, is, does De- is Denver going to have enough to be able to do it? I don't know. You know, is, if Philly gets Dame Lillard, maybe that's a team. But, you know, you're still going to rely on Joel Embiid to perform in the playoffs. And uh, we would like to like to see him you know, take that Giannis level jump. So maybe a Dame Lillard type would help him do that. Um, should we just say the Spurs and call it a day? I mean, Spurs just call it a day. Um, how many te- how many teams have a guy playing on on Team USA right now? Not a not a lot. Just a few teams, and the Spurs are one of them. Kelvin Johnson on Team USA. So. Yeah, taking that next step. Um, Who knows? We'll have to see what the Warriors are next year. Um, I'm not really trusting them. I'm, I just. I, I love what I saw from Curry, but I just don't know if the, the team can get to, you know, championship level again with Curry and Clay. I mean, just the amount of miles they've taken on. We'll have to see. I, I just, I, I don't think with Draymond Green, I, I've been, I've been a, not necessarily a hater, but I just don't think they should have given him a contract. I definitely think they should have traded him. Gotten out of, and he was a really good defender last year, but you know, as we saw in that playing game, you can't, you just can't play, just can't have him on the, once you go on offense, he's a zero. So um, maybe a, he's a negative. Um, but, and they just, the Warriors need, like, they're going to need too many things to break right for them to win the title. They're going to need Clay, 
they're going to need Clay to come back and be, you know, 100% Clay after two pretty significant injuries and, you know, a lot of time off from basketball. They're going to they're going to need Draymond to just not regress, honestly. Like just don't get just like don't age, don't get a year older, don't get a little slower, like just kind of stay where you're at. They need Wiseman to get better. They need to nail the draft, the 7 and the 14. They're going to need to find some couple guys in free agency to bring in. So, I would I like the Warriors. I like what they could be. I think Steph, if you're looking at like MVP guys next year, I think he could be on the list just because his team's going to be better. So if he has the same season again, but they're, you know, the three or the four seed instead of the eight seed, like he could be the MVP. But if we're talking winning the title, it just seems like they're going to need a lot of things to go right for them this season. And one of them, one of them is not going to happen. They're not going to nail it hundred percent. It's just the way it is. So Unless things break incredibly right, I just don't know if the Warriors can win the title. But they're definitely an option. I wouldn't say they're not an option. So reading the tea leaves, kind of thinking about it, um, the matchup I'm probably going to go with is the Denver Nuggets against the Brooklyn Nets. I I don't. I think with the Lakers, I don't trust. How did this podcast go from just like a yacht, just like you slipping in so much Jokic love instead of the honest love? Hey, look, look, look. I gave, <laughs> what I gave is happening? Love. Hey, look, look, look. He's, he, you may be up there with the Pantheon, but looking at the tea leaves, uh, Suns, I, you know, CP3, who knows what we're going to get from him next year. Yes, you know, he improves every team he's with, but I, who knows? I mean, I feel like he's just, they're just not an elite level. The Jazz, I mean, they keep talking about trading Rudy Gobert. Who knows if Donovan's going to stay? Um, <clears throat> the Lakers, I just, you know, AD keeps being in and out. LeBron, who knows if he can ever get to that level again. The Trailblazers, they'll be lucky to have Damian come back. Uh, Doncic, they still haven't given, I mean, the Mavs, I mean, D- Dallas and Doncic pretty much, that's all. He is the team, and they don't have anyone else there. Cool. Who knows, you know, Kawhi, if he's even going to play next season with, his ACL injury. Um, and Clippers yeah. are not going to win the title next year. Exactly. Clippers are not going to win the title. Yeah, yeah no. Um, and, you know, the, and the rest of them aren't, don't have a team that's nearly good enough. So that, that's why I think the Nuggets they have Jamal Murray returning. Michael Porter looked great. Jokic is coming off an MVP season. Aaron Gordon's going to have, you know, this postseason under his belt. They have some decent pieces, you know, off the bench. You know, finally give Bobo minutes, please. Um, and I think they're the best. I think they're the team with the most, you know, continuity besides like the Suns. Except, you know, I think I think the Nuggets have a way higher ceiling than the Suns because they're they're just their elite talent that they can bring and put on the court. And um, who knows? They might have been able to beat them this year. And you know, obviously, we don't have to give a defense for the Nets. Um, I mean, the Bucks would definitely. I mean, they already could have been beaten by the Nets, and the Nets were like. Their stars were 50% healthy. I mean, you had KD and a half of a star on, on the other side. 76ers won't have been this season, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, I love the Hawks, but I don't really think they're going to win a title um, in next year. And the rest of the teams, you know, they just don't have that enough elite talent. So that's, that's my pick for next year. The Denver Nuggets against the Brooklyn Nets if no crazy injuries happen. Knock on wood. So... That's what that's what I'm thinking. You know, if the Sixers get Dame, and then it's Joel, Dame, Seth Curry, Matisse Thibel, and then 
I don't know who would be your fifth guy. Matisse, if they get Dame, though. I think if you give if you get Simmons and a bunch of picks for Dame, I don't know how much they have to throw in. Yeah, Matisse, or Maxi, or somebody like that. The two. Yeah, they're just not. They're not going to be deep enough, are they? They're just. They're going to go like five and a half deep, and then it's just going to be a bunch of random bench guys. I don't know. The league looks kind of wide open next year. The Lakers, honestly, if the Lakers came back and were a lot better, I wouldn't be shocked. But I haven't really loved what they've done from a team building aspect since they've got LeBron. I the roster always has a ton of questions. Uh, if LeBron is if LeBron is going to enter a phase in his career where he needs Davis to like, you know, LeBron can still be a top five guy, but he needs Davis to also come up and be a top five guy. You know, I have questions about whether that could happen or not. And it's not like we've never seen Davis do it, but the injury things and then just, yeah, him being the best guy on a title team, like, can can he do it? I don't have no idea. He's never even proven that he can be the best player in a team that makes a deep playoff run at this point in his career. So the Lakers have too many question marks. And then it's just like, then the other teams, I just don't know if they're deep enough. Denver, Dallas, uh, Boston, Atlanta, I just there's uh, a lot of questions with these teams. I don't know. I'd have to sit. I would be hard to pick against Brooklyn at this point in the offs coming two days after the finals, three days, whatever it's been. It would be hard not to pick the team with the most talent. So I would have a hard time picking. I I think if it's Nuggets against the Nets, I think the Nets are winning that like in six, five or six. But, you know, I think I think the Nuggets. You know, there are deep enough. I, I definitely think they're deep enough to get through the West. Um, the Lakers have 11, up to 11 free agents. Dennis Schroeder, who knows if he's coming back. Um, and he was kind of a pivotal part on that team. And there's just uh, the drop off after those top two on that team was just ridiculous. I mean, I thought Mike Gasol could, you know, maybe bring some scoring. But I think the Nuggets, I mean, they, besides their top three guys, you know, they have, I think PJ Dozer could get better, Will Barton. You know, again, I brought it up. Um, I bought, brought up um, Aaron Gordon's also there. Uh, Monte Morris, he's a really good young player. I think he – and, I mean, yeah, Austin Rivers and Morris, I think they got some good experience this past year as the two guys when, you know, the other guys were injured. I think they could upgrade from Barton. Maybe they can get a draft pick or something along those lines. Um, Austin Rivers, you know – I think he's a decent at 26. They have the 26 pick. That could be interesting. Exactly. And then Porter. So I, I definitely think that they could, they always really, they usually hit and hit on the draft, you know, maybe they get some kind of lines and um, who knows, who knows what happens. I'm, I really think that next season they could, they could be the ones to um, not, maybe not necessarily win the, be the um, regular season champions, but uh, I think in the postseason, with the deep depth they've got, they could definitely uh, run the West. So, um, but who? I guess. Right so, if your closing five was Jokic, Gordon, Will Barton, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, that can I win mean, the finals. Yeah. And then your bench is like Austin Rivers. Who do they take in the draft? Ao? Do they take Ao in the draft, and then you just have him coming off the bench? That would be a really interesting piece. Good defensive guy off the bench. What would it take for the Spurs to win the title? What are the odds? 
what what has to break right? Everybody gets hurt again. Uh, they have to land Ben Simmons somehow, and then uh, I don't know. Coach Pop calls in the all time favorite of the league. Who's even, who's even left on your team? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, Patty Mills. You get international Patty Mills. Drew Eubanks. I okay. Can I just say I hate watching Patty Mills play international basketball. Yeah. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. He's like an all-time player, all-time guard on in international. He shoots the lights out. He puts up like thirty-five a game. It's insane. And then the man comes to the league as a backup point guard at some. I mean, international basketball is pretty good. Like, there's a lot of NBA players playing in the international circuit. So I wouldn't say, like, just moving from the NBA to the Olympics or to FIBA, like, is a huge drop-off. It's obviously, like, the USA teams are more stacked than some of the other teams, but there's a lot of NBA guys on these rosters. So you're going against, like, legit guys night in and night out, and he can still, like, can he put up, like, you know, 15 a game in the league? 17 maybe why can't he be like a 17 point a game score i mean and defensively you know he's gonna get killed because yeah. of his size but maybe it's that don he'd be like a mike he's a- not even like a microwave score off the bench he's like a solid shooter smart playmaker hustler on defense like it's totally like he can't even just be like a microwave scorer. can come in and just like drop a quick 12 or something something i don't know it's 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 so frustrating it's insane I don't know what happens to them when they get give them the you know that little weird Olympic basketball with the stripes on it, but uh, man yeah, pops no, off. Yeah, that's a perfect segue into Team USA. You know, everyone's favorite offseason. Topic. <laughs> hey, I think I think I think this. We are huge Team USA fans, though, so this is good yeah, for us. I I love Team USA, and I'm legitimately worried. I know. Yes, you can't use. <laughs> I'm so worried. This is insanely worrying. Look, 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 look. This is, you know, body, you know, again, stealing from the greats. You know, you got to steal from the podfather. Uh, You know, body language, Dr. Samson coming in. This is an original take, though. I've heard anyone use it. You know, I hate using using Instagram posts as, uh, you know, legitimate topics. But this was one. You know, KD was kind of, you know, he was shit hitting shots and he hit a shot and Bam rebounded it. And he like took the ball out, and even though Katie hit his shot, and Katie's like, "Give me my ball," and Bam's like, kind of laughing at him, like, "Are you serious right now?" Like, what? Like, but but I think that speaks to a bigger point that, and I think if you watch these games, is I don't know if these guys really respect the stars as much. Like, you know, in the years past, you had Kobe, you know, who'd be the old leader of the team. You know, he bailed him out of Turkey. You know, there are times he carried that team. You know, and then before that, you had Jordan, and you know, you, as much as you didn't like him, you can, there was, you know, the way those guys speak, like that dream team watching again last dance, the way they speak of Jordan and those dream team practices where he would just carry them, you know, and it, it's, it's to me, that's always, always, always the best piece of respect. That last piece, when you know a player is just better than everyone else is when all time players are like, yeah, this guy is great because like for those great competitors who are considered one of the best players in their own right to give such high respect to another player. I mean, not only is that so hard to do, but that they do it willingly and can sit there and be like, yeah, he just dominated us, you know, 
that's that's crazy. And Magic Johnson was sitting there and he's like, yeah, no, he took us to school, you know. So I think on past teams, they've had that player who, you know, obviously everyone's talented on the team. He's not necessarily a level above, but in terms of experience, champion, and, you know, he just has the respect of the whole locker room and is able to bring them together and carry them out, bail them out of situations. And I don't think Katie's that guy, you know, he's, he's always, he's been highly disrespected, injured in and out. And I think the way people have, he's been beaten the last couple of years, he, you know, people kind of disrespect him because he was with the Warriors, you know, and, you know, you can't, they're, it's not like they're illegitimate, you know, complaints. You kind of were with the best shooter of all time. So, I think these young players are looking at him kind of different. It's like, eh, is he really? Is he like, is he really that great? So um, I, I'm really worried for this team. I don't think they have a clear cut leader. I love Dame, but he's not a champion. And there's a difference. People, legit, other players are gonna listen to you different. If you're, if you're an all time guy. I mean, if you had LeBron, you know, Curry, one of those great guys. And obviously, Katie's a great guy. It's just, you know in terms of the respect he gets around the league and just the way, you know, he kind of lashes out at people, things like that. I definitely think that, um, you know, I definitely don't think that he is the leader that this team needs. And I don't think, I don't think he's like an Olympic team kind of guy. You kind of need an all time great to really lead one of these teams. Yeah. Like when they lost in, uh, when they lost in, oh, when I get when they, when we lost in Oh four to Argentina, the team was in kind of a same spot where like, yeah, there's a bunch of talented players, but like, it's not like a, a Kobe LeBron. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the 08 team where you just have all the top dogs in the league on a team. Everybody knows who the top dogs are. You, you kind of, you're kind of in this like middle star space for, yeah, it's like Lillard Tatum, bam. And I don't think Durant garners the respect from those guys that, you know, LeBron and Steph and Kobe did because one of just the way he keeps messing up the league by forming these super teams. And I just don't know if his personality is like, you know, alpha leader, top dog, you know, charisma, like the way Giannis is like Giannis would be insanely respected. He would be the top dog. He would be super charismatic and LeBrant, uh, LeBrant Durant, Durant doesn't have like that quality to it. It's probably like the one big glaring thing he's never had is just like this alpha top dog, you know, leadership gene thing. It's cost him in all the places. It cost him in OKC, cost him in uh, Golden State. At some point, you know, the thing in Brooklyn is going to fracture. It's going to fall apart. He's either going to have to stay or go partner with somebody somewhere else because at this point, it seems like he likes to partner with other, you know, great players. Yeah. And uh, I think you're right. I think USA needs a leader, and uh, I think it should be Keldon Johnson. Oh, hey, don't need to drop that on us. But heck, even CP3 would work, you know, some just some veteran guy who, you know, he, he's done it. He's been in battles and um, Mello, if just car, if, if they just brought Carmelo on for the Olympic team, there was a point in time when Mello wasn't in the league. Like, I, I just want people to remember that there was a point in time. All 30 NBA teams looked at that guy and were like, nope, we don't want him. <laughs> you know, no, no. <laughs> like, like, I think people kind of does. I, I have a Trailblazers fan who's a really good friend in my life, and I know he keeps loving on Mel. And I'm like, bro, like, he's a good player, but at the same time, like, come on, come, on. like, 
And I, I mean, you know, and I'd, I'd rather honestly to have this team have a bunch of younger guys. I'd rather have hungrier guys, Trey Young, maybe Zion. And maybe they just don't want to be on this team. I mean, if you have Clinton Johnson, I love your guy. You know, he's he's a solid player. But if he's the one you're picking off off the bench, that probably means Zion doesn't want to join because if they could get Zion, he's obviously on this team already. He's on this team yesterday. So I think they just can't get these bigger names right now. Joe Johnson, should they bring in Joe Johnson from the big three? Maybe. Jeff Teague. <laughs> <Throw some. laughs> Jeff Teague is a finals title. winning point guard. You watch your mouth, Samson. That guy's that guy's got a ring. I don't I don't even know. Just just some guy. Rondo? Like, I don't someone. I, I think Rondo would help. Oh, I'm Rondo Rondo wouldn't be Who bad knows? on this team. Who knows? Rondo would whip this team into shape. Durant would actually, I, I think Durant would like Rondo. Do you he think Durant, actually, I don't know. I shouldn't listen. say that. I think, you, I think Rondo he would have to. to Rondo. Yeah. Rondo would definitely like, he would definitely sun Durant at some point and then yeah. be like, make him, he would put Durant in his place yeah. at some point in a practice or in a film room or something. Exactly. Rondo would, Rondo would be good. I, maybe he'd be good for this young team. Something. Yeah. So I think that's a problem with USA. They're, they're not, you know, they're kind of in that middle spot. They're not like, you know, the Hawks who are hungry and young and just want to really win. But at the same time, they don't have the veterans. They're just kind of in the middle spot where they have some guys who want some stuff and they kind of expect to win. But, you know, they're not really hungry because they just expect to dominate. And, yeah, you know, well, I don't know. We'll have to see if your boy Pop can whip them into shape. But right now it ain't looking too good. Um, like if this team was a real t- – if a real team was like Dame and Tatum and Bam – like that would be an awesome team, but is that would that team definitely win the finals? It's not better than Durant, Harden, or Kyrie. And Do you think you know, KD hurts this team? Is it definitely than better than the Bucks? Does KD hurt this team more than he helps? I think I would rather have KD than not have KD. But I don't know. I don't know. Do you want KB? Do you want KD to be your number one? Your number one guy in a gold in a, in a gold medal situation is Kevin Durant the guy you want? Well, yeah, but I think like I don't think Katie listens to Dame, and I think if Katie wasn't there, the team would listen to Dame, and I think they would win the whole thing. Cause you know, I think this team is hungry, and I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know if I want a hundred percent want Dame. Because the thing is, is I know this team is more talented than every single team out there. You know, so that at the end of the day, you know, love Katie. Obviously, he makes us a better team. I'm not arguing that. I'm saying in terms the main priority for this team is having good chemistry because that's what every other single team has. Like most of these other teams, if you're even thinking of playing in the league, you know, you're, you're already, you, you're pretty much uh, conscripted to play on your national team. And they've been playing like that for years. That's why I love watching Australia. Just hearing Joe Ingles, I think had an interview about their national team and their chemistry. I just love watching them play. And now Matisse Thibault is there. Bro, I'm telling you, I literally fell off my chair when I found out, when I found out that Matisse Thibault is Australian. I'm like, this team is – I love Australia. Me too. I had no idea. I had I no have, idea. I might have to change my citizenship because I'm definitely going to be hoping they win it all. That, that team, I just – I love their chemistry. They're smart. They know what they want to do. And that's why they dominated USA at FIBA, you know. So, you know, and that, I mean, FIBA shows maybe that, you know, maybe just having young players, isn't it? So we'll see, but this is another tough 
tough showing by Team USA. And it's kind of interesting that even Zion doesn't want to be on this team. Trey Young, like these new young players don't want to be. It's not cool anymore. It's kind of like the dunk contest where we have Amphrey Simons winning it. Like it's kind of sad to see how far like most of these other things have fallen. Do you, is it sad that like they, they threw Papa bone, they gave him like one player he could pick to be on, on the team. And he's not, nothing against Keldon Johnson. I love Keldon Johnson, but Keldon Johnson at his best is like a role player on a really good team. Just the fact that the Spurs have absolutely nothing. They have nothing. They couldn't even take potentially like the best, you know, he DeRozan. He probably could have had DeRozan if he potentially Derek wanted White. to, you know, with De- Derek White, Murray, or like the starting, like he could have had anybody out of his starting lineup and he took Keldon Johnson, who I love probably my favorite, favorite spur right now. That was Lonnie Walker, but Lonnie Walker hasn't gotten any better, so a little out on him. Golly. Is he even American? Lonnie Walker? Yeah, I thought he was. I didn't think overseas. so. Oh, okay. He might be. I'm not sure. Um. So, um. Speaking of young players, uh, you got some draft stuff. Book Knight apparently is burning hot. I haven't made an official board yet, but if I did. I might have book night at five. Whoa. Potentially at five. Wow. You're, so you're up on this hype. You're drinking the whole pitcher of Kool-Aid. I just think, I think the draft is clearly a top, I'm going to say a top three and a half. Okay. I'm still undecided on what I, how I feel about Jalen Green at this point. But, uh, and after, after, after you get past those like top four guys, mm-hmm. I think the draft is honestly like the same for like deep into the first and maybe even into the second round. And it's just kind of like, but it's not that like that, not somebody from somebody who's projected, you know, 29 is not going to slide up and go seventh, but yeah, I just think the, the level of skill that these guys are bringing and what they can contribute to an NBA. I think a lot of these guys can be the same. I think, uh, it's going to be really important. This, yeah, um, wow. these guys just they're in the draft every year. They always go too high mm-hmm. and they never pan out. So, so I'd be worried. Four? I just book night's going to be able to score. OK, I have this top four. Mike, I have Cade one. Okay. Tell me why I should put Jalen Suggs two instead of Evan Mobley, because I've almost talked myself into it. OK, I have Mobley two, Jalen Suggs three right now. The thing, the thing I love about Jalen Suggs, I think, yes, Evan Mobley may. I mean, right now he has the higher ceiling, but I think Suggs is going to be less likely to be a bust. He, his defensive stuff, um, I just trust more, and he he has a he he realizes the moment. The point, I I really it really it's really hard for me to like a player whose younger, whose older brother scored more points than you in the NCAA tournament. Like, I understand that was one game, but the point that you were, like, that your older brother who, you know, isn't going to be even in the league is producing more than you, it, it was just tough. And Jalen Suggs, what he did in that championship game, does like, do we need to roll back the tape? Does like it happened a couple months ago, but that's still probably one of the all time plays. I mean, yes, Aaron loves showing that you know, Chris Jenkins three, you know, or not Chris Jenkins, it was uh Ryan Akinos three, 
you know. Oh, you're right. Three. He passed it to Jenkins, and Jenkins hit the three. Exactly. Oh, it was, it was Chris Jenkins' three, yeah. Um, I mean, that Marcus Page three should get more respect. The Leitner shot, you know, all these different all-time shots. I think that play should be up there. That's That block he made on a center, I mean, like, on a center. Like, I, 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 sometimes I wonder if it, like, registers for some of these guys. He stays in bounds, which is crazy. And then he makes a cross-court pass through people. I didn't see Mobley doing any of that. I think, And I think that that shows, you know, we have – I think that takes him to I, – I definitely think that, you know, Kay Cunningham, his tangibles, you know, the way he was with the team, I'm a little bit worried about him. But I definitely understand why people have him number one. But I think Suggs is the best player in this draft. And I definitely think that when – if and when, you know, five years from now – He's, he's, you know, one of the best guards in the league. I think people will be like, yeah, duh. Why, you know, it'll be so obvious. It's like, why didn't we have this guy higher? Because the way he plays defense, I think his shooting will improve. I, I think shooting is one of the easiest things you can improve in your game and the intensity. And like we saw from Giannis, if you have that piece where you care every single possession, you're eventually going to get better. You just will because NBA teams are going to give you those tools with the amount of money they have and you know they have analysts who are just watching your film that's literally their job so if you care it's gonna show up and i think his competitiveness is gonna make up for it and i really do think that he will end up being the best player in this draft but i understand why people have kate over him i you know it makes sense i I basically agree with everything you said. I think Jalen Suggs is a better basketball player right now than Evan Mobley. I think he will get better when he's in the league. I don't know if he has any glaring weaknesses, and I think he's just going to be super productive. The two things with Mobley that just scare me from passing on him are, you know, one, the size and the combination of skills. Like, obviously, if you can get the 7-4 to do everything he does, um, it'd be hard to pass on that. And it just it sucks. Sucks it like the point guard. I think the value of the point guard has gone down like a little bit, and I just him being a guard I think hurts him as well. Where Cade could be like the point guard primary ball handler, but he's also big like a forward and a wing. Yeah. And I think Mobley's going to get stronger in the way like not necessarily Giannis gets stronger, but the way like. Brandon, Ing he gets pushed around sometimes on drives the way like Brandon Ingram used to get pushed around on drives where, mm -hmm. you know, he's not like bullying guys into the hoop. He's, you know, a little, he's flailing around a little bit when he tries to finish this. So I think he's going to get stronger, more stable. I think he's going to be, you know, a more powerful finisher around the rim. I don't know if he's going to have the honest transformation, but I think he's got more more room to grow than say like Brandon Ingram or even Durant does where Durant's like a stronger like a stronger post player now than he was when he came into the league. I mean, so I think those two things would scare me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, those two things specifically would scare me the most passing on Evan Mobley. But um, I'm really surprised that people one don't have Suggs above Jalen green, but don't have him in the conversation as the number two pick. Cause if you were the rockets and you could go uh, Suggs as your point guard, I think he makes, the whole team better right away. I don't know if you're the Rockets if you want to get better. And I don't know if like bringing in a guy to help develop Christian Wood is necessarily the right thing to do, but Suggs could just be the better player and he makes sense. You know, he can play with John Wall. He can play with Christian Wood. He 
Uh, it's going to give Kevin Porter Jr. a chance to be better. And I think he himself is going to be really improved. I was going to throw this at you because it seems like he's definitely going to be sitting there at four. So if the Warriors came to the Raptors and said, we're going to give you seven and 14 and just take Suggs. And then you got Steph, you got Suggs, you got Clay, Wiseman, Draymond. Do you think that's a team that can win? You think if they, you think Suggs is like a guy, I guess, let me put it this way. Would you rather have Suggs or would you rather have the potential of seven and 14? I mean, if you were the Warriors, the problem with them getting Suggs is that they're, they just be so small, you know, with Curry and, uh, but I think Suggs is a really good defender, like a really good defender. No, he's a really, yeah, I definitely think, you know, going into the league, he probably could be, you know, top 15, probably top 10 defensive point guards. I don't think there's that many good guard, good defensive guards in the league just in total because it's just so hard to guard these guys. Um, but, you know, like is Davion I, is Davion Mitchell a far and away better defender than Jalen Suggs is right now? I mean, no, and I think the offensive side. I would say no. Or Suggs makes him just so much better as fit on the team. But yeah, still, it's still. I think I think the I think the net uh, the Warriors just need more people on their roster in general. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, the case against it. Yeah. In their, in their starting lineup, let alone their bench. I mean, um, Toscano went out and it was like, oh no, Toscano is out. Like, and I can't believe like I'd ever say that in my lifetime. So, you know, it, it was, it was, you know, I just think they need more people in general. So I think that it's better for where they're at right now, even though they are hoping to win another ring. I don't think they realistically will, but where they are right now, it's better for them to get two decent players than getting one really good player. Yeah, that is the case against they just they need depth and yeah. they you know you can snag somebody that's gonna be like eighty percent the prospect that Jalen Suggs is, and then you get the other wing guy and you already have the stars, so you kind of don't really need that. Exactly. I've been trust me, I've been racking my brain to find a way for the Spurs to trade up for Ford to get Suggs because I think he would be an absolutely like a franchise type guy where maybe you don't build a team around him to win the title, but you can start doing that with him and then potentially add another piece if you can and you know bring in these other players uh i want the thunder maybe a guy that could be like the number one guy on a title team but i mean if you just think like the thunder him and shea would be awesome him and siakam is honestly like if you give and then who knows what they do with lowry but you know if you replace if you replace lowry with uh with Jalen Suggs, and then it's just Suggs, OG. Van Fleet, Siakam, uh, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent. Like, that's a pretty good team. I would love to have. I think the Raptors are going to be, uh, obviously, you're going to agree with this because you think they're going to get the best player in the draft at four. But I think uh, Suggs on the Raptors is going to be absolutely awesome. And I think I think it'll fit that mentality, their kind of identity as a overperformer, you know, kind of grit and grind guy. Who you know he's talented, very good defensively, and he's a good passer. I think he definitely the Raptors are probably one of the better teams that he would mesh with. And you know he's not he's not necessarily you know he makes flashy plays. And they develop young they develop guy. young players so well. Exactly, he would be such a great place for him to go. So, so like good system, good coach, good development. I hope he goes to four of the Raptors. I think that's the best spot for him. Good team. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you just put him in Houston or Cleveland, like he's yeah. going to make those teams better, but they're just going to be disastrous situations oh, for him. 
So like, uh, if you just think like maybe Mobley in Houston, like he can just be raw. Yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland should want him though. I think if it was him and, uh, cause the, the problem with Cleveland is though, it seems like Mobley might even be sitting there at three. If the Rockets go Jalen green at two, which some, one of these top five teams is going to mess up the draft. And if the Rockets take Jalen green over Mobley and Suggs, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a head, head scratch for me anyways. I know a lot of people yeah. love Jalen Green. A lot of people think he'd be the best scorer in the draft, so. but... No, I mean... Yeah, I haven't watched this as, as much as I could, but... Yeah. I don't know. I don't see I don't see him being better than Mobley or Suggs. Yeah, no, I think Sexland is the future right now in Cleveland, so... I'll have to see. Can the Spurs trade for a Sexton? He was a guy I was looking at. Just, just tank, man. Y'all need to just tank. It's not, it's not happening, bro. I don't even know who, who they need to get off of these players is what they need to do because none of these guys are gonna be guys like Murray. If you put Murray on a good team, like what is he what does he do? What would what would Murray have done for the Suns in that finals if he was out there? Probably defend Chris. Yeah, he's not gonna space the floor, he's not really yeah. playmaking, he's I guess a good defender, but I don't think yeah. he's as good a defender as he was when you know he was all NBA. Like a couple years ago, I don't think he's been back on that level. Derek White, like Derek White, has the skill set of a good role player, but his yeah. usage his usage rates a little high. He's still not quite the best shooter. You know, Lonnie Walker still can't shoot. He doesn't really know what he's doing on the floor. So I just think they need they just need to get off of some of these guys. So I'm just trying to find like how can we how can we like put our assets into something that's better like. You know, as Colin, at least Colin Sexton can score 20 points a game. At least that's something. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think the thing you guys are missing is a cornerstone. You need some some guy. You just need a guy, some hope. And that's the problem with y'all. You don't have a cornerstone. So, you know. But if Cleveland can get out of – if they can get out of Sexton somehow, and then it's uh, – let's just say Mobley ends up going two to the Rockets, so then they're deciding between Suggs and Jalen Green. I would just take Suggs. Just take the better basketball mm-hmm. player – and just figure out what you're going to do with Sexton because a Suggs Garland backcourt actually seems kind of nice to me. And then you got Okoro, Larry Nance there. You got some nice pieces, but yeah. if they have Mobley, they're going to Mobley sitting there. They're going to take Mobley. They're going to take the big guy, but um, I wouldn't, uh, I definitely wouldn't take Jalen green over Jalen Suggs. And I would, would definitely consider take a long look at him at number three. If I was the cats, I think they're going to take a long look at Scotty Barnes, to be honest. Yeah, Scotty Bonds is another riser. I was I was watching some film of him. He looks pretty, looks interesting. Oh, but I just yeah. like, have you seen how much Jalen Green have you watched so far? Like, we can do more draft in this upcoming week when we have time to get into it. But mm-hmm. just like initially, how much Jalen Green have you watched? I haven't watched that much Jalen Green. Um, yeah, no, I haven't watched. Jalen Green and Kamimga are probably the two players in the top, you know, 10 who I've watched the least amount of. Um, yeah, I definitely do need to do some draft watching, maybe some Mobley. Um, but, yeah, no, I definitely haven't seen too much of him. But I know that I've heard, like, he's a decent shooter, you know, raw player, but, you know, not as raw as Kamimga. Kamimga is way better, like, one probably one of the most athletic guys in this draft. You know, well, I have to – I'll have to see. I don't. Yeah, with both those guys, I don't. I think each team probably has a little different top five, but has the same guys, you know. And um, 
we'll have to see where it ends up because I think trade-ups are going to probably happen. Not too many, but maybe one or two. And um, we'll have to see where guys land. Um, but, you know, Suggs was the one that really popped off. The I mean, we'll do more. We'll see. We'll do more draft stuff this upcoming week because now, now we both actually have time to just throw ourselves into it. The finals are over. Yeah. We don't have to worry about trying to, you know, watch games when we're at work and stuff and record and watch it. We can just throw ourselves into the YouTube clips of these guys. So I'm sure our next pod will come back. We'll do some more draft stuff. Definitely but, be uh, better. Prepared. When you're watching Jalen Green, just think like, uh, like offensively when he's, when he's scoring, think like more out of control John Moran. And then oh, okay. see 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 if you see what I see when you watch him. So I'll probably be hating. But that's him kind of where I'm at with him right now. <laughs> Maybe. Oh my goodness! All right. Um. Did you you did you see the new uh, jerseys you y'all got? The Colts. Yeah, the Colts. Yeah, I saw. They're they're basically the same. Yeah, <laughs> they move the horseshoes to the back of the helmet, and they have stripes in the socks. So, like, <laughs> I mean, it's cool for the history. I was literally just talking with a friend about this the other day, but like, can we just? Can I have like one unique jersey for the Colts? Like, their jerseys are great. I have no problems. They're you know they're solid like everyday wears, but just give me like one alternate that's like yeah. a little bit different. I remember back in like I was like the 2010 season or whatever, and they had these like white jerseys, but the blue was like a dark blue. The helmet was dark blue. Mm. Like all the numbers and the stripes were that same color and stuff. And those looked really cool. They were a little bit different. Basically the same old, same old. They redid their... So I just want, I want something a little different, but hey, uh, honor the history. Good history for the Colts. Yeah. Like your Spurs who finally did some other alternate jersey besides a cameo. Yeah, finally, besides like the gray camo. Yeah. <laughs> something something different. Um do you think Darius Leonard's going to beat uh, Fred Warner's contract? I, I I'm really happy that Fred Warner was able to get it. Yeah. Yeah, now Darius Leonard Fred Warner signed what like a 5-year 95, 4-year 95 million crazy. something like that. So that means Darius Leonard's going to be the first um, $100 million linebacker in the league just by nature of he's going to be the next one to get paid big. And if the baseline's 95 mil, the Colts are going to have to give him 100 mil. Yeah. But hey, they've been safe. They haven't done any moves in free agency for like four years just so they could do this. Exactly. So they should give him 100 million because they they're not going to do anything else with their money. And he deserves it. Best linebacker in the league. Yeah, no, he's definitely up there. He's definitely up there. Um, it's kind of funny. You guys always have that cap space. It never gets used, but we'll have to see. Chiefs are boring. We literally haven't done anything. Young guys are developing. Um, I did have a Chiefs um, NBA tie-in. I was thinking, I was like, you know, Giannis winning this kind of reminds me of uh, Mahomes winning the Super Bowl, you know, crazy, athletic, one-of-a-kind, finally wins the big one for a team that, you know, hasn't won one in forever and, you know, didn't, you know, I mean, Mahomes actually had some all-time players around him, but the coach, you know, bounces around the league, has been knocking on the door, you know, people are doubting him and he finally makes it, you know, you know, just some, just some interesting comparisons. I thought it was kind of uh, interesting, but you know, nothing crazy. We're, we're mostly chilling Mahomes. Thankfully. Wait, I was, 
I was thinking about the QB comparison for uh, Giannis too, and I was because uh, we were talking. I was talking about this with a friend the other day, and I was thinking he's probably more Lamar Jacksony than he is mm, Pat Mahomesy. That's true. That's true. What do you think? League MVPs, playoff struggles, young guy who comes in really raw and then needs to like develop and find his niche in the league. I would say he's probably more Lamar Jacksony. You know, kind of has his one kind of thing he does. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thinks the book is out on him. But hey, Lamar so far hasn't shown it though, so we'll have to see if he can hit that other level. Maybe some better, better throwing. Maybe get him better receivers. Golly, him and Hollywood Brown. I don't know. Do those guys like not see each other the off season? They're just like, (laughs) and then training camp, he's like, wait, it's it's. It's Marquise, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just seems like they're strangers most of the time. And then, you know, middle of the season, Hollywood Brown is open on some other post and still doesn't get the ball. Anywho, um, you last last topic I had was Big Ben slimming down, kind of like Jokic. Jokic slimmed down. And oh, I haven't seen this. Dude. Big Ben comes to training camp, looks a little slimmer. Who knows? <laughs> I was looking at Super Bowl matchup odds uh, the other night. Just a looking because the finals were over. I have no, no other odds to look at right now. So I was just looking at the Super Bowl matchup odds. I'm out on the Steelers, man. I'm out. Yeah, no, Sam. I'm out. I don't trust them. I'm out. I don't care if Big Ben's skinny. I'm just out. I can't believe they almost went undefeated last year. <laughs> no, remember that. Like they, they were undefeated know. at one point. They were, what, 13 and 0? 14 and 0? They may be like, they may be like eight and nine this year, nine and eight. Is that yeah, yeah? Threw me off. Threw me off for a second there. Seventeen games. Everyone's kind of getting that's that's still weird. Um. So any you had any crazy NFL predictions to throw out? Any any uh, workout videos you've been seeing? I haven't seen anything too much. No, but I've started. I have started. I started the last couple of days really because you know fantasy is going to be around the corner. Exactly. And just in general, the NFL season's coming up. So I started throwing myself into it. Maybe next podcast we'll do draft and then Yeah. I've been lo- I've been really looking at the Super Bowl matchup odds. So maybe I'll throw a couple that I really like All at right. you. Because I have a couple written down, but I don't know if I'm ready to tell you what I like yet. Well, are the Chiefs minus to win the whole thing or is the I think it might be shoot. I think that's what I'm yeah, I haven't looked the all the Chiefs odds are too high. Yeah. Or too lower, however you say it. They're just not that the value is not that great there. Yeah, not obviously not. Um, do you think Rodgers is next season with the Packers? Yes or no? To end off the pot, last question. I think Justin Fields will be the best quarterback in the division by Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving. We have a, t- a date. I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, but Justin Fields will be the guy in the NFC North. All right. That's definitely a, a hot take there. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to go with a more conventional route. I think Rodgers is going to stay there until the end of this next year. I mean, shoot, if they win a ship, maybe he'll stay around. But, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think he's sticking around after this year. I think he'll stay. I, think, I just think it's too late. You know, teams just haven't had enough time. And I don't think their team's desperate enough because everyone kind of made their own plan. Same thing with Watson. It's crazy how that thing settled down. You know, everyone's like, what? You know, Chaplin is the GM. What the heck's going down there? You know, are they still thinking? Blah, blah, blah. And then all that happens. And 
now it looks, you know, now you almost never hear about Watson getting traded. I think everyone just kind of moved on. So, um, I mean, if he's not getting traded, Rodgers is probably not getting traded. So we'll see. Maybe next offseason there'll be some more changes. But, you know, it's the NFL. Things rarely change. So um, that's about it with uh, the Sam, Rem and Sam. Thanks for listening. Look out for um, hopefully another pod soon. Uh, we'll try to keep it regular. And, uh, yeah, any last thoughts, Rem? No, check out the website. Follow us on Instagram. Follow Samson on Twitter. I don't know if he's on Twitter, but uh, follow him if he is. Keep keep out a look on the hot. We'll be back. We have to do draft stuff. Draft stuff is next week. One of my yeah, favorite yeah. sporting events. So we have to do, We have no choice. We just have to do it. We'll have to be exactly. back. Yeah. All righty. Well, thanks for listening. And, yeah, check out the website, Bob.media. Bob.media.